HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives. I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better. I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show because, to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious. Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Mike Calameco from Food Talk. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's August 2nd, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Hey, we've got some great guests joining us tonight, including Chief and Sophia from Hudson Valley's newest brewery, Industrial Arts, and also joining us is Will Stevens from Beer Manies. All right, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Jimmy. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Cool, man. Beer Sessions Radio is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, suppliers of world-class ales and lagers. So it's the middle of the summer, and uh, I didn't didn't expect to be here tonight, but I I forgot that Jeff O'Neill was coming on (laughs) August 2nd. So um, we're here here live, and, uh, you know, there's some significance to this show. You know, Jeff, I think it was exactly a year ago. We had you on with uh, John Siegel. You're kind of talking about your plans, yeah, and some of the great beers you'd made, and some of the hops you've used. You were probably talking about the great beers you made. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. Uh, Yeah, I think last time I was on, we had just signed the lease, and I had just taken possession of the place, and now we're uh, fast forward a year, and we're just about ready to open. So many many people know you as the the brewer who made the Ithaca Flower Power, and sure. Was at Peekskill and made some great beers there. So um, we're excited for the new chapter. So cheers, everybody! Thanks, man. It's great to be here. But we're we're going to circle circle to the side for a minute because you brought you know you put together a really great team. And we're going to talk about what it's like opening a new brewery in, in 2016 in New York State. And, and I know you have a GM and you have a sales team mm-hmm. in place. But um, so what was it like opening a, a, a new brewery in New York State? You know, it's been a year process, and um, let's let's talk. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, like every day is a new challenge. Some of them have rewards, and some of them, some days don't have a lot of direct rewards. But you know, we found the licensing process to be reasonably straightforward, and uh, I think we have a really fantastic location and we're in i think the right place at the right time in the hudson valley in the 21st century i think it's going to be an important place for food and beer and we're really looking forward to playing a, a role in in that so your team so sophia you're the gm tell us about you and your full name and what it's been like working with jeff okay um my name is sophia barbaresco and i started at industrial arts in march um, I went to brewing school in Brazil. I graduated in 2013 from a year-long program there, the only brewing school in Latin America, so I'm a trained brewer. But at Industrial Arts, I'm super excited to be the general manager. So there, my day-to-day is mostly taking care of like the small details, the nitty-gritty, and making sure that things get done in the proper fa- fashion. Um, and basically making sure that all of the employees are taken care of and creating the culture of the brewery. That's cool, man. You know, She's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited to have her. That's why she came on the show tonight. But you got, you've got an interesting culture, too. So besides you as a brewer, what, what is that culture? I mean, you've got this cool T-shirt with... A logo that well, depicts these handcrafts. What we're doing, I think, is really intentional and um, really purposeful. And that's part of our logo is the kind of nuts and bolts of the process. It's all the process, sort of from the hop all the way to the glass. Um, and we are using the same visual language around the campus. Like our brewery site is really a uh, this totally unique pre-Civil War factory campus where there are a hundred other tenants and a lot of just features and charm that you can't fake. Um, and many of you will understand this much better when once you visit, uh, once we're open. It's very hard to describe in a nutshell the whole the, the, the whole thing as a as a, as a uh, out of context of seeing the place. It's really hard for me to do in, in just a couple of sentences. But it's Yeah, a- you feel transported when you're there. Like It almost feels like you're on a movie set or something. Like Truly. Like a 1930s gangster movie or yeah, something. Yeah, and there's this great tension between the state-of-the-art equipment and the technology and the automation that we've put in and then this sort of, uh, you know, pre... pre... Uh, Civil War construction, which has its you know its challenges, but I think the aesthetic is really cool and is a big part of our identity as a brand. So, what, what town are you guys in? Garners is it Garnerville? It's, Garner, it's called yeah. Garnerville, which is a hamlet inside of West Haverstraw, uh, so yeah, North Rockland County, and that's near like the Tappan Zee Bridge. Yeah, it's about ten miles north of the Tappan Zee Bridge. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. And you guys are going to open up soon, right? We're going to open in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I can't say exactly when yet, but it's going to be really soon. It's imminent. It's really, it's really imminent. We're putting the finishing touches on the tasting room and the, um, getting ready to host people there and getting ready to roll out uh, beer into the into the greater New York market and, and statewide. Well, we're looking forward to it. Is it is one of the more anticipated brewery openings in a while? Uh, it's the, my most important one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you came on the show. We have a lot to talk about. So our other guest, Will Stevens with BeerMenus.com. Will, you know, you, you're aware of many breweries and and you know your site's got everything that we need to know usually but uh, you must have some questions for for jeff 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with beer menus, my brother and I, when we started, we kind of jumped in having very little experience in craft beer and learned as we went. And you've kind of, in this current um, setup, you have a very different um, experience having a lot of uh, experience in the craft beer industry before starting the brewery, mm-hmm. having learned quite a bit, having worked in craft beer for many years. Um, what was that like, having worked for other people for a while and then having this be your own project to, well, I was lucky enough to get to make a lot of mistakes on other people's dime. I mean, frankly, <laughs> uh, it's a luxury that not everybody gets. And I learned ways that, I, you know, like it's a, just like anybody with a trade or a, a skill or an art or whatever. It's a process of refinement. You remind me of a chef I used to have. Years ago, I won't say her name, she would smoke weed, and she would always <laughs> order fuck? all the most expensive <laughs> ingredients, and 10 years later, she said, you know, I'm sorry, it took me a while to learn what it was, when I, now in my own, own my own business, I don't do those things anymore. Well, so. I mean, it's interesting, like, I've been, you know, I've been... Is that what you're saying? Well, I have, I have to have a different perspective now as the guy who signs the checks, right? So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's an evolution for, for anybody, their, their career, right? So this is how mine has played out, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But I think what's interesting in the context of beer menus is that when I started brewing, there was really no internet. And the way that our industry has grown up alongside of the um, platforms for public discourse about things is inexorably intertwined. Like, it, it, it couldn't have happened without the explosion of the internet and, inform- and the information, you know, um, sort of... I mean, that must be yes, the case sharing, I mean, sharing. that so many breweries now have so many different names of beers and, and different beers. I mean, you think without the Internet, that probably wouldn't happen, right? That's what that's, well, names of beers. Names of beers. Like, you know, Will, like, there's a, you had Amaze Balls, and everyone keeps rolling out all these, these new names. Sure. But without the Internet, would you be Well, doing with that? the Internet, it's easy to cross-check if somebody's used one before, mm-hmm. which is becoming more and more problematic um, for for breweries that are trying to make a lot of different brands. Like, you think of something, and it's really almost always been done before. Yeah, you think you're super clever for, yeah. like, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys bring beer? We did bring beer. We should roll it out. We should be talking about it. Well, where'd you put that? So this is Jeff. I was listening to a baseball announcer the other day from Boston. He's like, he'd be like, well, that's Jeff O'Neill. He lives with three children in the Hudson Valley. Four. Four now. He's putting them out. Where do you live, Jeff? Uh, in the Hudson Valley. Hudson Valley. You don't want to encourage the stalkers. <laughs> what is it like? I mean, you're a fairly well-known brewer. I mean, do you have stalkers? Do you have people that go uh, online trying to get photos with you? And uh, I guess, yeah, I guess. Like it's 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 part of the the culture around it now. Like it's I've likened it to, and this is like, uh, forgive me if I'm pumping myself up too much but I likened it to one of my neighbors the other day as saying like it's sort of like being a celebrity chef that people are interested in what you're you doing next glasses. and Uh-oh. what you've done before and what your basis for your work is and like it's an interesting like there's no way with without for instance the internet that anybody would know who the hell I was right I'd be toiling in an anonymity and Whatever else, so I, I mean, I think I'm lucky to have to have found a niche here, and, and that that people, you know, seem to, to appreciate. Okay. And people what, like your beer. What I've done so far, yeah. You. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Like, it doesn't. Other, if the beer is no good, then it nothing nothing comes. We don't have any glasses. We're just going to chug. So, what you guys have a crowler machine at the brewery? Yeah, we have a crowler. Is that uh, a crowler? That that's a crowler. Yeah, and we're going to do these and also uh, 16 ounce cans of our beers. 
So you think that, well, first, Sophia, so what, you know, I'm sure a big attraction for you in this project was working with Jeff. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the celeb factor, I feel like I've definitely gotten some of that stardust rubbing off on me, like um, some events that I go to, and once I introduce myself and say where I work from, people who previously were like, eh, whatever, you're just, you're a girl, you probably don't know much about beer. As soon as I say what I do and where I work, like, their attitude basically flips 180, and all of a sudden, you know, people are, like, actually impressed and interested in where I am, so... I feel pretty lucky about that. And you worked at another brewery before, right? Broken yeah, Bow another in brewery in Westchester. Westchester. And I was the production manager there. Um, but it's really, it's really exciting to see like how the whole scene in the Hudson Valley is growing and evolving in such a short time, and how the the beers are getting more recognition. Well, this is uh, the first time I've had a beer from Industrial Arts. Yeah, cheers, man. So cheers, cheers. to Jeff and. Uh, if you don't have a glass, not everybody does. You got to share. But um, what's uh, what's the beer, man? This is our flagship beer. It's called Tools of the Trade, um, and it's an we're calling it an extra pale ale. It's a straightforward single malt, uh, hoppy pale ale. It's under five percent alcohol, and we're hoping that this is the one that kind of leads the way for us. So how, how do you d- do that? I mean, you've made a lot of different IPAs and other beers. How are you determining that this is going to be a flagship beer? Uh, I just kind of trust our taste in what we're doing. And, you know, I feel like um, the normal evolution for a craft beer drinker is usually bigger. Assertive beers are the first thing that really differentiates what's going on in small brewing versus big brewing. And people kind of latch on to big, really flavorful, like loud beers for some amount of time. And then you settle into a groove and you really appreciate the the quality of a beer and it's not necessarily whether you're getting the most alcohol out of something but more like flavor driven stuff and so far uh using you know using our collective um palettes as a jumping off point we've been pretty good and we've gotten some really great feedback on this beer it's nice what do you think well it's kind of like a little grassy will doesn't have it yet I don't have it. <laughs> this is actually you beer. Might not. We filled this from uh, fermenter this morning. So this beer is about a week away from being mature. We would call this uh, green beer in the brewery. So you'll see it's still a little hazy. Um, and it's got another week of conditioning to go. And then, uh, and then it'll be ready to go. And then who else? I know you have a great team. You've got Sophia. Yeah. Who else in your team would be weighing in? We'll talk about your other guys, like sales guys. But who else in your team is weighing in on, like, you know, should this be your flagship? So I was lucky enough to really recruit the three core people that I wanted uh, at the outset of this. And it's Sophia. And um, uh, actually, the first guy to join our staff is our is our brewmaster. Um, his name is Mike McManus. He was at Omegang for almost 10 years before this. And if you guys have noticed that uh, Omegang has turned out some new and interesting beers outside of their core lineup in the last couple of years. It's because of him. Like, he did all of their R&D brewing for the last uh, couple of years and is a guy I've known for a long time and a guy that I really trust to uh, really manage the day-to-day operations of the brewery. Um, It's something that I have a hard time letting go of, for sure. Um, And there's only so many people that can maybe stand up to me about about things but uh, as I was saying to Sophia on the on the train ride in earlier he's really kind of kept me honest about 
the things we need to do to make sure that the beer is the highest quality that it can possibly be because everything falls behind that in the end. Like, if the beer isn't isn't what we're setting out for it to be, then it's just not going to work in the end. So he's uh, he's one of the you know cornerstones of our business. Um, and then, as you mentioned earlier, uh, we also have a great sales director who's been working in and around New York City and New Jersey for, for a decade as well. And his name's Ken, Ken Erdogan. Um, and he and Mike worked together at Omegang and, and Duval USA for oh, yeah, a number we, of we years. We know Ken, yeah, yeah. Ken from Duval USA, Omegang. Yeah, so he's so Ken uh, Ken came on board in April at the beginning of April, and he's been laying out our sales and distribution plan and doing a lot of the legwork in the city and with uh, with our potential uh, supplier partners. Wow! So we're really, I mean, I'm really lucky to have brought these three people on board and hope to have have them around for a good long time all right hey we're gonna take a short break back in a few minutes on beer sessions radio In 1996, El Knife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we got Jeff Chief from Industrial Arts on board. Congratulations, dude. No, I'll keep, so you, you'll keep be, wishing me luck because we're not open yet, but, I know, but we're very close. But you've been through a lot, and Will was asking you about uh, the beer that we're tasting. A mm-hmm. couple uh, questions? Yeah, so this is Tools of the Trade. Tools of the Trade, yeah. And that's the flagship? Yep. Very exciting. So what uh, are, I mean, uh, we're going to let you guys decide whether it's the <laughs> flagship in the end, but but we think it will be this. Yeah, this is this is delicious. It smells amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what are what are the stats on this? Um, so this is a beer that features um, a, a hop called Simcoe, uh, which this year I happened to select um, a lot that was grown in Oregon for the first time, and it was really like a great, loud, clean. Uh, specimen for lack of a better word um and so we're we're keeping this beer really kind of simple like it's it's straightforward like i mentioned earlier single malt slow gravity um and it's really meant to be a a drinking beer that's really nice so you were saying um when you start a brew for the first time you obviously have to get used to the new system what does that sort of process look like in terms of oh man dialing it in it's (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so we, we, we built a, a, a had a, a brew house built for us in in Germany um, by one of the industry leaders in technology and, and automation. Um, so putting that online was a whole new experience for me. I mean, obviously the other uh, breweries I've worked at have been smaller um, and have been, you know, more in a uh, maybe more budget budget minded. Um, we really designed this whole thing to be scalable so that it, uh, you know, I'd like to imagine that it's going to be a, a, a pretty successful and robust business in the end. So we have quite a lot of space at, at our at our brewery to grow into. Um, and we have this brew house that we think can, can turn out quite a lot of high quality and, and consistent beer. But getting it online, like I say, has been a new experience for, for me for sure. And the automation is... As great as it is, it you know when you when you hit a wall with it, it's uh, there's it's a five hour difference between here and, and Germany, and we don't always have access to the people that we need to troubleshoot. So that's something that we are learning how to manage and and uh, head off at the past. We've made about ten worts now, um, and we have our second full size fermentation tank going right now so we're really still refining um the recipes and and like i say i think we're really close so like i'm really happy with where this beer is today and we're going to be rolling it out for real in in a couple of weeks that's That's great man yeah cheers man yeah look forward to having it in the city and uh that's a whole nother process let's go back and do the timeline so a year ago you were here talking about the brewery yeah so like what were some of the so you, you hired a sales director in April? So let's go back a year ago. What were you working on then? You know, the different steps along the way to opening this new brewery. So I had literally just signed the lease one year ago, and then I got into design phase with uh, with an architect, a, a friend and neighbor of mine, um, and then we kind of got started on the permitting process once we had a design in hand, um, and it took some time to get through that process with the local municipality to get through all of the life safety issues and requirements for um, opening a retail business in a, in a light industrial zone. Like there's a lot of ins and outs with the zoning. Um, but we started construction in earnest. I think it took us until the middle of December before construction had really started. And we've been going pretty hard since then. It really, it really ramped up uh, fully by the end of January. The brew house showed up on February second, um, and we've been kind of putting it online ever since February second. So it's been six months of the brew house being in place, and we're just now, I think, getting to a to a comfort level with it at where we feel like we're. But ready. So you, you said you brought in a sales rep, sales yeah. manager yep. early on. Well, he didn't start until till April. Yeah, but so that's we, still kind of early. I mean, yeah, I, for those of us that don't know about You this. know, it's funny. The timing seems to have worked out really well, for better or worse. Like, we're a few months behind where I originally had thought, but I don't necessarily, and Sophia maybe will correct me on this, I don't know how much of it we really could have accomplished any faster. Certainly, we couldn't have done better by going faster. So I think we've really kept a lot of the critical points in in focus and not not let it run away from Sophia, us. Sophia, at what point did you come on? I started on March 1st. Yeah, it seems like every time that we've had some kind of timing setback, it's actually worked out to our advantage. Yeah, and we've, we've been had able to make, to make it, yeah, everything at least you spin it that way. better than <laughs> No, it seems like we've we've been able to make everything better than we had even originally intended. So, it worked out pretty well. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point because the the, the brew hall where you know where our, our tap tasting room will be, um, it's it's just a phenomenally beautiful room, and it's it's greater than some of its parts in a way that I that I didn't expect. And again, it's hard to really do it justice without you seeing it, but it's uh it's it's as nice of a room as you're going to see in a brewery, I think. Yeah, and what's exciting about the space that Jeff touched on is that. It's the first space in the complex that is for retail, so we had to have all of those hurdles of like going to the village board meetings and um, going through that whole process, which was yeah, pretty it's exciting. It's eye-opening. I mean, you but, learn a lot about local government this way. It's amazing. Yeah, but it was. But everybody's been super supportive of the whole process and. That's really encouraging to see, and it's really great. Like when somebody comes and visits the site, and no matter who you are, like if you are just a casual drinker or if you're a super beer nerd, everybody's blown away because there's something for everybody there. It's just really, it's really great to see. I'm looking forward to going. I can't wait to have you up there. So you'll you'll be in the city soon selling beer. Yeah, in the next few weeks. And uh, are people already asking you for for orders? Yeah. For sure. I want to get on the list. Yeah, let's get you on the list. I bet you'd be with Ann at Tab from 307. Yeah, I think, I, think Ken, I think Ken called on her last week. And uh, since you mentioned the Blind Tiger, I think I'm ready to say that uh, we're going to launch at the Blind Tiger on Thursday, August 18th for lunch. Wow. That's good to know. We're going to have this beer on draft. At the, we're going to do our, our world premiere launch. And this our, is our, our first our public friends. mention of yes. that. Yes, so now it's out there, so I guess it's real. <laughs> well, what do you think about that, Will? That's exciting. <laughs> so call in sick, quit your job, <laughs> cut your hair. And some of us have jobs that we can go to lunch. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome news. Yeah, Congratulations. Man. I need like a clapping from uh, David over there. Be like, yeah. Woo. <laughs> so a world, world announcement on there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I confirmed it with Catherine uh, just this afternoon. Well, those are the kind of things we want to hear about. And I know that, um, to us, again, this is the most anticipated opening in a long time. Thanks, man. But also on that note, I mean, there, there are a lot of breweries that, that have opened. Oh, man. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of friends, like a lot of our friends. Are there, you know, are there others that you'd like to mention that you, that you feel like are going to do well and that you're looking forward to trying their beer? Oh, for sure. Like, I think it's great that, that Suarez and, and Jesse's opening Interboro, like, all practically simultaneous with us. And these are guys that I, you know, feel like are, are my peers and, you know, are doing something, you know, legitimate. It's, it's different from what we're doing, but there's space, I think, for all of us to kind of riff on our own, on our own thing and... And to be, in the end, like, kind of a cohesive, like, the New York brewing community has come a million miles in the, jeez, uh, almost 15 years that I've been involved in it. Um, it it's really, you know, it seemed very, very, like, almost glacially slow at times. Like, I came from brewing in the Bay Area before this, where there was already a very, I think we touched on this last year, a very, like, real beer Drake's. culture yeah Drake's very like real here. like really really tangible culture um and to to see it happen here and to have been part of it is like super gratifying it is exciting I mean, you mentioned those guys i mean it is like a new heyday because jesse ferguson 
was part of Carton when they started mm-hmm. and helped grow that as a brewer. Now he's doing a whole new brewery with a distillery, too. And, yeah. and Dan Suarez, too, went from Six Point to Hill Farmstead and helped that grow. And he was there for four years. So suddenly it's like you and, and uh, Inneboro and Suarez. Yeah, it's really great. And yeah. I'm sure there are. And that's just three of them. I'm sure there's others. just three of them of dozens, literally dozens. And, and probably amazing breweries that we haven't even heard of yet are, are opening right around us. And. Yeah, we were Man, talking about some of the beer, beers of summer. You know, Justin wrote, it was Brooklyn Magazine with Nico Cremitas. People were picking the beers of summer, and already Suarez was on like two of them. Oh, that's great. Hect, they have the Hecto is This is the list you were showing me earlier. Yeah, yeah, I was actually just reading that this afternoon, and I thought it was really cool that like 90% of the breweries mentioned were from New York City and the Hudson Valley. And I feel like three years ago that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah, and we, and we went up the Hudson Valley. I mean, we've had on the guys from Plan B, yeah, uh, from the ground. The new one opened Hudson Valley in uh, yeah. Brooklyn. Of course, I'm, I'm remiss not mentioning Hudson Valley. Yeah, John, uh, John Anthony is a really a, g- a good friend and a really. I think they're going to have something really cool, a great site to visit, and that they'll be doing their own like their whole own unique thing. And it's we visited them a couple of months ago, and it's, there's some lot some parallels. You know, in your plans, I mean. It, it is are people visiting the brewery? Is that going to be a big component of of your business? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I hope that I, I expect that it will be a destination. Like you were like she used the word transporting transported. Um, it really is like a totally different setting than than what you'd be used to, and and we're banking on people coming from all over um, and spending the afternoon with us and and really getting a sense of what we're doing. Yeah, I think you really understand what we're really all about when you visit the site. And I feel like almost every day that I'm there, I learn something new about another component of the brew house and what the site has to offer. And just the artist community around the site is also really cool. Like there are about a hundred different artists that there's always something new to learn. So like what fine arts, Graphic oh, arts, all kinds, I mean, really all kinds of stuff. At um, one point, uh, there was the premier magician's <laughs> accessory builder. Yeah. It's so like he the, would build, like, the, the box that the woman would be cut in half with. He was he was the guy. one who built the he boxes, so the, he had the uh, studio the, the there. The and the... the yeah. yeah. The knives through the, or the swords through the box, like he he builds all that. The shop is still there. It's it's so above our it's above our warehouse. Are you guys going to do anything with your neighbors in the building? We <laughs> any events? <laughs> yeah, we're certainly going to do a lot of cooperative, collaborative stuff. There's an art center that kind of uh, exists inside of the complex, and they're they're uh, building a new art center there. And we hope to really have a long and and famous uh, cooperative relationship with them. Great, I like that. The, tell me one more time. The box that the woman gets cut in half in. <laughs> so last year there was a that's, a... that's fine arts. I like that. Yeah, every May they have an arts fest, which we got to go to this year, which was really cool. You get to see all of the different studios and stuff. And apparently last year our landlord was cut in half, which I wish I'd been able to see. <laughs> There's tricks to the trade. I've, I've never learned them. Have you, Will? It's like Can mirrors and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Can't talk about that. But anyway, there are you know painters and cabinet makers and graphic artists and photographers and, and our electrician is there. You know, like you name it, and there's somebody there doing it. 
Wow, man. Cheers to you guys. It's a really, uh, just a totally unique location. Yeah, and we're excited that now that um, we have the retail space license for the complex, that other commercial spaces are going to open up to and really build a community in that area, which has been a little underdeveloped to this point. And then before we take a break, when is your kind of semi-official launch in New York City again? Thursday. Thursday. August 18th. At the Blind Tiger. Lunchtime. Lunchtime at the Blind Tiger. All right. You heard that first here. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And then you'll, uh, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, you'll see the beer around town on the regular after that. Hopefully we get some at Jimmy's number 43. All right. Let's see what we can do. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio. Jeff's telling dirty stories and everyone's laughing, but and Justin, don't leave. Come on, we gotta. We're we're gonna taste this beer and talk about it till everyone gets this brand in their head. So, what's the name of your of your new beer that we're gonna we're tasting right now? Tools of the trade. Tools of the trade. Yeah, and that name is significant in like sort of paying respect to the zillions of little details that you need to to make a good, consistent, clean beer. And this is going to be your the beer you launch with? Yeah, this is going to be the one that you'll see around town first, and this um, is meant to be our flagship. And then we're also going to be making a rotating uh, IPA that will change regularly called State of the Art, and that's uh, a play on the investment we've made in the automation and technology and, and sort of like uh, the intent is to stay out on the edge of... Uh, Hoppy beers. No, and, out and, the- and everyone, listeners, if you don't know, you know uh, Jeff O'Neill. You know one of our top brewers in New York has won awards. Found did the Ethica Flower Power beer, some great beers at Peekskill. But so that's that's why we're we're here talking about the anticipation of of the opening. But um, on that other note, it's like you know I don't think we realize all the pitfalls that, that you're up against. Whether you're starting a, a new business of any sort, but business that involves manufacturing, federal, state, and you know local licensing and permits. So I'm always proud to see that guys like you when are able to raise capital, put together a team. Yeah. And um, you know, do, do you have anyone else behind you? Is, is there like some big advisor or you know we have money a, guys? We have a, no, we have a, a pretty big group of investors. That's a mix of friends and family and some some guys who are who I've got to know through this project who have sort of become friends and family. But it's um. You know, nobody. I'm the manager of of the of the LLC, and you know, I, I make the the day to day decisions, and we have board meetings every once in a while. Um, but everybody, I think, kind of sees and buys into the vision, and you know, it's right at that tipping point where we're about to actually open. So I think everybody's kind of comfortable with where we're at today. That uh, we've mostly pulled it off, and getting those last couple of pieces of licensing from the federal and state government were sort of those watershed moments where you finally feel like it's inevitable, like nothing can stop us now. And 
And uh, we're, we're right at that and point. we're drinking beer. Which we're drinking matters. beer that we made in our brewery legally. Yeah. 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 So, Jeff, like you talked about building a culture. You know, you have your GM here. What is the culture? I mean, like, jokingly, it's like Lagunitas has, like, sure. on the beer weasel. I mean, are you going to make up weird names for jobs? No, I don't think that's our mission. I don't think that's our mission. Um, like I said, like, these three, these three individuals that we brought in are... You know the heads of their departments. They're meant. You know, I expect them to be our, our you know pillars of of our of our culture. And you know, it's a collaborative effort. And when in doubt, we refer back to you know the beer. And it's it's, it's about the beer at the end of the day. And it's about repeatability and 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 um, hospitality. I think is going to be a big part of our place. And just making people feel like part of part of our part of our bigger community. I think is is. Really, what we're Sophia, trying then, to do? Do you have an office, or you guys have like a, a bullpen office, like <laughs> oh, like we Bloomberg? We have an amazing. Office. Y'all in we the have. same office. Yeah, go uh, ahead. And that's part of the our culture. Office. Our office is 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 amazing. Do people have to like make appointments to see you? You do. <laughs> I do. Yes, I did. <laughs> like so three months. Office. Took me three months to get this show, Justin. Come on. <laughs> and he actually reminded us. Our just last office week. has a lot of interesting history it was a karate dojo and after that it was a cheerleading studio yeah and at one point it had a koi pond an illegal koi pond in it and a snake that got burned in a tragic accident um, and they have magicians. People cut people. <laughs> Tell me more. Wow, this is that dark and dirty little part of New York that no one ever goes to. But you're going to start going. That no there. one used to go. That's to. That's right. Yeah. So the office space is really big and it's beautiful. We have a ping pong table and a picnic table right in the middle where we have our meetings. Yeah, we spend a lot of time together at a, at a picnic table. Yeah. Up on top, and that's where we kind of like your sales manager is beers. sales manager. He's not like. Fungo hitter or something. <laughs> you don't even have a culture, man. We're f- you're looking at our culture, dude. <laughs> it's uh, about good beer. It yeah, is. Good it's beer, it's about good beer and and good people and everything else will fall in line behind that. I think, and that's that's the. F- the so you never played ultimate frisbee or anything. I did play did ultimate you? frisbee. Yeah. So what what position would you play? Well. Yeah. <laughs> I was a hippie. I don't remember it that well. Um, are there positions in Ultimate well, Frisbee? I don't Ultimate think there are positions no, in Ultimate Frisbee. Are Justin, come on. Tell there? us. There's got to be a position. But All right. We'll figure out that. But you're going to have some fun naming the names of your jobs and everything. Sure. Yeah, like like, like Well, I think one thing that's kind of cool is, so our icon has, or our logo has seven icons inside hexagons. And when you make up your business card, you pick an icon that kind of represents who you are and what your position is. So, for example, I picked the tri-clamp because the tri-clamp is, like, what holds shit together in the brewery. So, and that, to me, kind of exemplified what my position was. And so everybody, when they make their, their business card, they pick an icon. So that that's kind well, of talk us through. So I've, I've been noticing that. So there's your logo is really, and you can go to your website. What's the website? Industrialartsbrewing.com. And you can see the the logo and everything. But just sure. talk mm-hmm. us through what those little icons are. 
me or her. There's like a hop? Go for it. You tell us. So it starts with a hop. I think that's our primary focus with our beers is that we'll be mostly making hoppy beers. But you see as you go across that then we uh, represent uh, our, our mill in particular, that it's a, a four-roller mill, which gives us a lot of control over the grist composition. And then these are actually from the drawings, from many of the technical drawings. Um, then the brew house, which is the heart of our operation. Uh, followed by a tri-clamp, I think is the next one. I'm not going to look. Uh, <laughs> and the tri-clamp is, again, it's like a, a, it's a brewer's tool. It's kind of an inside joke, like you almost wouldn't know what it is. But you'll get it when you see our tap handles. Um, we've actually incorporated this into the design of our tap handles. And then from there we go to, uh, we introduce the, the microorganism that turns our wort into beer. And that's uh, yeast, which we signify with a microscope. Fermentation is the next thing. And then finally, uh, a glass of beer, which is uh, what we're all hoping for at the end of the day, I think. Well, that's great, man. So, again, industrialartsbrewing.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can check it out. And you can follow our Facebook and Instagrams yeah. if you like. It will. Yeah, I was going to say, is that a new Nick glass? It is. It's a, yep, that's right. It's a real comfortable glass it's to hold in shape. your hand, and it's a shapely glass, yeah. And that's awesome. what we're going to have at in our tasting room at the brewery. So you won't have, like, standard shaker pints. I'm not a fan of that glass, no. Yeah. What other glasses do you like? So this, this is, what, what is this glass again? This is called a, a nonic or a nonic glass. It's an English-style pint glass. So this is our house pint, and then we have a smaller half pint that's the same shape. And it's got, you know, the flared edge, which gives it a bowl to kind of focus some of the aroma from the, it's from a, the beer. It's a thinner glass, too. It's a thinner glass, but even more importantly, it's got some shape to help focus uh the, the aroma notes coming out. And then in the tap room, you're going to have special beers that aren't distributed? Yeah, so we're going to focus on the two beers, Tools of the Trade and State of the Art. And then we'll have um, seasonal and one-off beers, which should change up, you know, monthly kind of thing that will be available in our tasting room and at probably our best retail partner, partner accounts. Um and we're really going to focus on just the two in main distribution. And like I said, we'll be statewide uh, before you know it. Um, but we're, we'll have probably four to six beers in the in the tasting room at any time. And any time we do an event, we're hoping to have that many uh, once we well, get Les, I know when you actually get the tasting room open, I know you're going to first be at Blind Tiger on August 18th. When the tasting room's open, please let us know. Oh, absolutely. we're going to come, we're we'll come gonna, in and break it in We will not keep it a secret, I promise. Yeah. And... Um, uh, Will, want to ask one question before we wrap it up? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite package types for beer is pine cans. Yeah. You're doing them? We are. I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, it'll, be, uh, it, it'll, it'll drag behind a little bit on the draft offerings. We really want to get the beers totally dialed in before we go out and, and uh, put them out there uh, without really knowing how they're going to hold up. We're going to do a lot of um, you know, studies on stability and shelf life. Uh, we really want to put something out there that's great. That's going to hold up for a, a few months uh, in the market. Um, but we own, a, we own a canning line that we're going to put online most likely in September or October. And so the beer that we had today is in a crowler. Are you going to do that also? We will fill crowlers every day in our tasting room that we're open. And uh, we'll fill growlers, but I don't think we're going to sell them. Um, and we'll do uh, beers by the pint and half pint, yeah. And what do you some, mean you'll f- you fill them but you won't sell them? I think uh, we're going we're gonna to focus on the crowler as, the, as our to-go package. Um, if you bring a, a growler from another, from another brewery, we'll be glad to fill that for you. But I think we probably won't um, offer that for sale from us on the regular. Maybe, uh, maybe 
on occasion, but we're going to focus on the Crowler. People seem to really like these, um, and it's, uh, I think, a, a better size for one or two people. And then for the license that you guys have in, in the tap room, is it called the tap room? Is it the tasting room? You know, we were just talking about this this morning. Um, what is it called? I, I'm calling it a brew hall. It's I called mean, the it's Frisbee, a proper. It the is Frisbee a proper brewery. Brew hall. I mean, it is a gorgeous. It's a cathedral, and I'm, I couldn't be more proud of the work that we've put into it and the way that it that it has finished. I mean, you're gonna your mind is gonna be blown when you see this place. Like, I, I really truly I, believe. I that. go to a brew hall. That's not overselling that? it. Um, there's a lot of attention to detail built into almost everything that we're doing, and uh, we're really we're really trying to play that up and and make it clear how intentional what we're doing is. Yeah, I think one thing that comes up over and over again in all aspects of the brewery is how layered everything is. So, like the logo has a lot of layers to it, the beer has a lot of layers to it, the brewing process have, has a lot of layers to it. And it just seems to kind of reflect what our whole philosophy is. That's great. We're going to ask, we have a, a listener, uh, Sean McNulty, who, who, who emailed us, and he's sitting in the show. And some, If you're a listener, you can email us, uh, jimmypotsandpans at gmail.com. Well, you can come on the show. But it's Sean McNulty. Sean, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I bet you have, he's been sitting there nodding along, and <laughs> he's a beer fan. But does you have a question for, for Jeff? Well, one quick one. How big is this beer hall what, or brewery hall? What, what size? How big is about? the room or the, yeah. or the brew house? Big, 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 the brew house, this, I should say. Yeah. Uh, the brew house is a, is a 25 hectoliter four-vessel system. Okay. So we are actually on Thursday, we're going to try to knock out three lengths in a day for the first time, which we should be able to do in about 14 to 16 hours. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, and, and and it's really like we're figuring out how we're going to do that, how we're going to staff it, especially while we have this skeleton crew going on. But the room itself is about four thousand square feet, wow. and uh, it's it's a really just a, it's like Oktoberfest. That's a good time of year yeah. to open. That, and, and again, I should stress that's just the the public part of it. Um, and behind that, we have about twenty thousand more square feet of, wow. of production so. warehouse office space. So. So we're uh, we're really hoping to to have a, a significant impact on the, on the New York beer scene. Well, and, and Sean, thanks for riding in. So, what do you do for Thank a living, you. man? Uh, I just uh, wrapped a career at HBO producing, so I'm on the uh, TV producing side. So, big Great. fan of uh, the production here. It's been a lot of fun to listen in. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, and now, Will, uh, last question. So, you know, I think you've already got me sold, Jeff. Um, All right, I am. You're easy. Though. I'm finishing off your second crowler. I am easy. I like that. <laughs> Certain kind of beers, but once again, tell us what what is this? What style of beer is this? This is an extra pale ale, and I think this is uh, kind of the evolution of where um, low gravity uh, American style beers are headed: uh, bright and focused, hoppy, but not overly bitter. Um, relatively simple. You can pick out a lot of the the, the different uh, components there. Um, but I hope that what's going to come through in our beers is the process and the attention to detail. Sophia, I bet you have a question for Jeff. You're, you're, you know, you've been in the beer world for a while. You're a consumer. You know, what would you want to ask Jeff about this beer? When can I get some? <laughs> can I, can I ask August eighteenth. Sure. Sounds um, good to me. I'm sure a lot of people listening would love to know kind of what the breadth of your portfolio is going to look like. What? else you're going to be brewing? 
Well, I think you know the sky's the limit. Like I mentioned, um, Mike McManus is a really like he's a he's a gifted brewer, and he's been doing this kind of innovation brewing for a while. And uh, you know, we want to give him some some runway to to play with some stuff that he wants to do. He and I talk about brewing a pills all the time. I don't know if it's going to happen before next spring, but I think we will we will have a couple of lagers. Um, for sure, in the next year, um, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a coffee porter coming up for for Hudson Valley Beer Week. We're gonna collaborate with a, a local coffee roaster. Um, it, it's I, you know we're gonna focus on these on these hoppy style beers and particularly the two I mentioned. But it, there's no real limit to what we can do with our facility, and you know we're we're gonna see where where this takes us because we don't really know. I couldn't have guessed that it would be <laughs> to here at this point. So. Who knows? Who knows yeah. what the future what the future holds? But we we're, we're I think we're capable of doing almost anything we want to, and you know we'll see what what inspires us and what keeps us kind of rolling as well, Jeff, inspired. Yeah. Yeah. You got me, man. You put me on the road to ruin tonight. I'm gonna keep <laughs> drinking this beer until I can't stop. <laughs> but hey, we have a special guest tonight. Thanks for coming on. This was a really special show. It's midsummer a year ago. We were talking about your brewery, and now we're drinking your beer. Yeah, so. and it's yeah, it's almost Amazing. a real thing that. Hopefully some of your listeners will will uh, deign to visit. Yeah. So Jeff Chief O'Neill, Industrial Arts Brewing, Sophia Barbaresco, Industrial Arts Brewing, Will Stevens Beer Menus, and our, our listener, Sean McNulty, thanks for coming on tonight. And we've got some special events coming up. Check out pigisland.com, our annual event with uh, New York State uh, pigs and beer and whiskeys and craft and everything. And we're gonna we're, Jess and I are going to go up to the Copenhagen Beer Celebration Whoa. September 23rd and 24th in Boston. Those crazy guys, McKellar and crew are bringing their act to the states Shoot, and uh, so that's pretty cool i bet you'll be there jeff uh i think we're gonna be knee deep in our own thing we're we're, we're pretty much yeah <laughs> but maybe we'll end up in garnersville instead you know i hope i hope to see you there soon no nah, i'm really looking for and please let us know when you're opening i think we would love to make a trip up there and awesome. uh be there for opening. Can't day. wait to have you there. In closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Chief, Sophia, and Will for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, and our engineer, David Tadashore. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Thanks for having us, Jim. Frisbee, baby! <laughs> Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.